Hello, everybody. I'm Tommy Dees, sports director at the Tennessean and Tennessean.com, and I am here with Gentry Estes, sports columnist at the Tennessean. Adam Sparks is not here for this edition of Breaking Down the Doors. Uh, he's had some uh, automobile issues, and um, so he's taken their care of those. So Gentry and I are going to talk about mainly about Derek Mason, the coach of the Commodores, who got a maybe maybe job saving win. Um, two weekends ago against Missouri. Uh, Vanderbilt was off last weekend, and they will be going to South Carolina this weekend. So we get to see if they've maybe turned a corner or or if it was a, a one-off. What do you think? I think we'll find out on Saturday because I think they have an interesting test going to Columbia and, and playing a team like South Carolina. I think it's a winnable game for Vanderbilt. I do. I, I think... South Carolina is reeling a little bit. Um, there is no reason to think that a Vanderbilt team that beat Missouri, who beat South Carolina badly, can't beat South Carolina. And I I think it's a good opportunity, quite honestly, coming off a bye week, coming off a, a game that, that got confidence a lot closer to where it needed to be for a team that really needed some. And uh, I, I think this is uh, – this is a good opportunity for Vanderbilt. I, I, these don't come along very often when you go on the road in that in, in the conference to beat a team like South Carolina, who's already beaten Georgia this year. Right, and I do think that, that the bye week comes at a good time. They got two bye weeks this year, by the way, um, in the in the across the nation and in the SEC, strictly because of the way the calendar falls. Um, so there's an extra Saturday in there, and I, th- I think it's a good time for them. A uh, maybe you want to keep playing when you're playing well, but they've still had a lot of guys banged up in there. The one thing about Vanderbilt that's been true, I think, over the years and the decades that I've watched them is, you know, they, they tend not to be as good a team later in the season as they are early because they don't have the kind of depth where if they lose two or three starters or or four or five starters are playing at 85% or whatever, they that's a big drop-off for them. And they don't have another, you know, it's not like, I hate to use a comparison because it's not a fair one, but Alabama can lose a five-star linebacker and probably plug in a four- or five-star linebacker. And and Vanderbilt really doesn't have that luxury. So I think they were kind of banged up. I think their pride was kind of banged up, and I think we saw their pride show against Missouri. I think that was a team that really was frustrated and angry and you know embarrassed even. I think that's fair to say for what had gone on before, especially that they were coming off a loss to UNLV at home. And that's not like UNLV some magical 6-1 and one team that's, whoa, they got to transfer from here and there, and they're way better than you think UNLV is. They're just not a very good football team, and they beat Vandy fairly handily. Uh, this is going to sound strange. And first off, it was a huge win against Missouri. That was as unpredictable a result as – Didn't it. see that coming. No. And going into that game, Vanderbilt was dead last in the SEC in total offense and dead last in total defense. And, and I'm not sure how often we've seen that. I'm not sure where they were in special teams either. I don't know if they were. And it was all kinds of other things too. And, and it, it was just in such a bad way that you didn't really see any way that they were going to climb out of that. And then lo and behold, they go beat Missouri. Now, I the reason I like this opportunity for Vanderbilt is I think they're going to play better on the road because – let's just be honest they played road games against lsu and georgia already with with if you yeah, without away. having to leave their own town yeah yeah and and meanwhile the rest of the time you're playing against some pretty small crowd in front of some pretty small crowds right and they can you can say all you want about that not affecting you but it 
it feels different if you go to Columbia and they're doing Sandstorm before the kickoff and it's, it's this whole atmosphere. For you and, I mean, it's... And, it's, and it's, I want to be completely honest here because this is kind of a factor because if you're Auburn going to LSU or you're... Um, Florida going to South Carolina, you don't get booed and jeered. I don't. I don't think there's any hatred for Vandy really in the league, but certainly not in this case. That that South Carolina fans are more upset with their own team for last week than they are worried about Vandy. Yeah, and and I think I think by South Carolina standards, it won't be a great atmosphere, but it'll be more than what Vanderbilt's been playing in front of. And and right. I, I think players and you see this a lot with basketball sometimes or where you you get a team that that hasn't been drawn very well and all of a sudden they go to Rupp Arena and play great Mm -hmm. and it's just it's rising to the occasion of this this feels like a big game to me right and they they could use that I mean that Vanderbilt well let me let me start with coming off the the UNLV game where they didn't play well and I'm not even 100% sure they played hard late in that game Um, that's where a coach could have completely lost a team and they roll over and like well, I mean, really, what do you got? What do you got to play for? Mathematically, you can make a bowl, but if you look at the schedule, it doesn't seem likely. And you get to maybe extend your your dominance over your rival Tennessee to a fourth straight year. But if you're a player, you can say, "Well, well I'll worry about that next month." You know, it, it would be easy to check out. I don't think they checked out. Obviously, I think they, I think they came to play, and I think their coach came with a little attitude too. And I think that's. I mean, after that, obviously, there was a lot of discussion getting started really about Derek Mason. And the reason is because when you get a season to the cliff like that, it can go one of two ways. And if, if the team, if the players just quit and, and you are, are no show the rest of the season, in most cases, the administration has no choice. Right. And they were to that point where it could have gone that way. It's huge, huge result against Missouri. And it did show that uh, that this coaching staff had not lost the team. And I think about a month before, you saw a similar situation in Knoxville. That the, the way the season had started there, they could have lost that team. And and you know we've all seen situations where that team doesn't come back and things get worse, mm-hmm. and you finish snowballs one and eleven or two and ten, and guys uh, tune out and they drop out. Yeah, and and this is a situation where I truly believe. Vanderbilt doesn't want to make a move in their football program and have an overhaul. I don't believe they want that to happen. Institutionally, I think you're right. I'm not sure all of the fan base feels that way, but I, I think all they want is to to win and feel good about their team. Right, and and I, I, I truly believe that Mason will still be the coach of that program unless there is just no choice. Right. And it was getting to where there might have been no choice. Yeah, if they repeated the UNLV performance – throughout the rest of the year i mean you you really couldn't you would uh, you what are you gonna do i mean you can't say that well we still think this guy can turn it around because you're giving him a chance to turn it around he's got a chance every week to play for his job to coach for his job and i think this week's important because if you beat and it was a ranked missouri team but it's not a top 25 team i think we'll all see at the end of the year it's not one of those it's it's a whole lot closer to a birmingham bowl music city bowl Missouri team than it is a better than UNLV though uh, yeah, Outback Bowl yeah, Missouri team and, but yeah I agree they should be better than UNLV and so should Vandy be but can, so we so we see the ceiling that that maybe Vandy is good enough to beat a team like that but you have to sustain you can't hang your entire season on well you we showed up once and beat Missouri 
Um, yeah, their other win was against um, Northern Illinois. Uh, that was a closer game than it probably should have been. Right. You know, and, and look, the, the schedule does not was not kind to them, starting out with Georgia, going to Purdue, which is not a juggernaut, but still probably a more, more than Vandy. That's a power five road game. Right, right. And then LSU. So two of those home games where you're overmatched and you're outmanned, by, not only in the field, but in the stands. That's what I was going to say. You, you, know, you mentioned earlier that, that you'd normally see Vanderbilt toward the end of the year where death becomes an issue, which is which is true. This season has, is set up differently, though, because they did place such tough opponents early. And I wonder now if they almost – it's like a second season for them. They'll have new life now. I, I truly believe they are going to go to Columbia and play well. I don't know if they win because South Carolina on paper should beat Vanderbilt, but I, I just feel like coming off a of bye week they – they could go down there, and, and, and if they do and they play well, I think that bodes well for the rest of the season. And they, they're going to need to play well, certainly. Uh, one of the reasons they tend to tank at the end of the year is because the schedule gets a lot harder at the end of the year. The way they play Florida late in the past, it was Tennessee. I guess that hadn't been as much a problem lately. That but, really hasn't been an issue. <laughs> but it, it could be this year. Vanderbilt's probably going to have to play a little better against Tennessee this year. And, right. And, uh, so this, this is it's, it's, it's yeah. a very important game, I think, kind of a swing game. Yeah, well, well, when I looked at their schedule, it broke down kind of like this. You got those first three games, and if you could win one, boy, you'd be doing really good, if for, given what Vandy has. Um, that they're outmatched in at least two of those, and probably the one that they might not be as outmatched, they're on the road. Um, so then you, you hit a spot of the schedule where it includes, you know, Northern Illinois, Ole Miss, and UNLV. And quite frankly, you need to win all three of those. And they won one of them. Ole Miss was a, was also alarming with how non-competitive they were, or uncompetitive that right. game was. Yeah, they 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 were they were toothless. Um, and and then you get into this part where, if things had gone well, you were sitting there maybe three and three, and now you just would need to win three more games to get to a bowl. Well, the bowl thing isn't really what I, mean, I guess you should always be motivated by the chance to play in the postseason if you can get there. But I think. Vanderbilt really should continue to be playing for pride, and if they really care about their coach and their coach, and I think they do, I think that's I, yeah, and I do, and but but that means you give everything for him, um, and and this spot because this, like you said, could be a winnable game. I'm not a hundred percent sure it is, but yeah, why not? Um, you at least need to find out. You need to show up and give them everything you have, and and see if you can make something. You know, um, South Carolina after last week may may have lost some confidence of its own or may be very angry and ready for revenge. How bad a loss do you think that was? How do you think that was received in Columbia, losing by 20 to 10? Yeah, especially, yeah, there was a lot of excitement after beating, um, beating 10, excuse me, beating Georgia. And they lost a close one after that, wasn't it, Um, with Florida? Am I right? Yeah, reasonably close. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were, they hung in there. They got some calls. Didn't go their rainy, way. It was a rainy game. Yeah. So you say, yeah, we still think we're pretty good. And then you go out and lay an egg at, at UT, and so now maybe you're wondering what you're made of. So it is is psychologically an interesting game, and I think how the I still think that Derek Mason is coaching for his job the rest of this year. Do you? I don't know that it means. Uh, question is does is, does a moral victory help you if you come up and you really play well and yes play hard and you lose to south carolina by seven is that really good enough i i uh depends on how it happens but yeah i think so um i 
I the biggest question, like what we were talking about, is is does a team does a does a coach lose his team? Yeah, and, and he just needs to answer it that that no, he hasn't lost his team. I think he needs to win a couple of games the rest of the way. I don't think just it would help him to beat a Kentucky. Yeah, and it would I mean, absolutely. You know, we beat Tennessee. If you beat I think Tennessee be four answer. years in a row, they, they're not firing you. They're building a statue. It's going to be tough. It's <laughs> they ain't be, done that in a while. I think it might be tough that. this year to roll into Knoxville. I kind of think I, so, too. But one thing we have learned, and, and we learn every year, is that what a team is at one point in time can be completely different at another point in time. The the Tennessee that lost to Georgia State wouldn't beat Vandy. I don't, the, wouldn't beat the Vandy that beat Missouri. Well, especially in the SEC right now. I mean, yeah. there, there's been a lot of teams that – if, if, what are they? What are they week to week? Yeah, Missouri is a great example of a team yeah. that's just kind of disappeared. Kentucky's been kind of up and down. You, yeah. you, you know, I, I Tennessee certainly has. I, I think Vanderbilt, where Vanderbilt was in trouble, was prior to that game against Missouri. They were clearly the worst team in the conference statistically, mm-hmm. and yeah. it wasn't close. I mean, it was there wasn't it, something you could hang your hat on. Anywhere. It was an unbelievable number of of categories in which they were dead last more than they weren't to be honest and to to get a win like that against Missouri I mean you can't you can't overstate what that probably meant for the confidence of that team because if that game had gone like the others had you, you really might see this season get away and I think they were able to keep that from happening you go into the bye week with with a lot more positive uh, momentum head towards the rest of your season and and go to Columbia and see what happens. I think they've got a real shot down there. Okay, well let's let's switch topics uh, just just quickly. Um, Vanderbilt basketball uh, will be tipping off uh, very shortly on uh, November sixth in their first true game, um, non um, exhibition game. Uh, Jerry Stackhouse era begins. A guy with a long um, NBA history did some coaching as an assistant in the NBA. Has was coached a, a, a developmental league team. Um, as a head coach and uh and like i said long long history in the nba and uh a pretty good background as a college player i think uh most people would know him from from his time um at north carolina in the 90s um you know first round draft pick third overall certainly knows his basketball certainly been around basketball so so here's the thing gentry um and, and you weren't here at this time but you're probably quite aware vanderbilt hadn't won a game in 2019 that includes all of last season's conference, and I think maybe even a non-conference game, maybe even two. I think they're 0-20 in 2019. So they basically got two months to win a game uh, to, to turn that around. And with a new coach, you certainly want to start with that. So they play uh, Southeast Missouri on on Wednesday the 6th. And I think that's a very important game for a new coach to to come out and at least win a game. Yeah, it's not going to get any worse. I mean, you know, goodness. I, I'm interested to see what happens this first season because I, I liked Vanderbilt's hire here um, a little bit outside the box. And mm-hmm. I thought it, it has the potential to be an extremely good hire. The Vanderbilt version of what's going on in Memphis, I guess you'd say. Yeah, and that's the way a few places have gone. And that's a model of Penny Hardaway, and and, and maybe let's, let's maybe, be honest. Now that that experiment's working in the recruiting realm, but it's not like they've done anything. They, they went to the NIT. They they weren't in the Final Four, right? And um, you know Vanderbilt had talent last year. That was what was so odd about yeah. what happened. And with Darius that Garland team. went down, and that's a first round guy. And I get that, but 
But there's points where you can see, especially late in the season, they did they did roll on over and they they were not playing hard. When you're playing in in your own town at the SEC tournament and you're playing a team who has a lame duck coach in Texas A and M, and they've already quit very visibly by their previous results, and you're out of it midway through the first half, mainly because you're of a lack of movement, lack of effort. You've checked out, and and I think they had to make a call, and, and they made the right call to to move on. And I don't think that was going to get any better. So we will see if Jerry Stackhouse is the answer. Yeah, I mean, I guess you would have to temper expectations, right? I mean, yeah, I don't know. think this team's going to the Final Four. I think they've got talent. I think they will win in a game. I think they will win some SEC games. I think uh, I think you will see a little more fire, maybe on the sidelines, a little more fire on the on the court. Maybe not as much talent as last year. Which is kind of a shame, but but this this schedule is made to get him off to a decent start and get this team some confidence, which is what you should do in the situation they're in. It's Semo, it's Texas A and M, Corpus Christi, um, it's going to Richmond, which has been generally been a pretty good program. But Austin P here, South Carolina State, Southeast Louisiana. I think you get the drift. Buffalo, Liberty, you know, give me Liberty, give me death. You know. Um, Loyola, Illinois, blah blah blah. That's that's kind of the, you know. There's an interesting game with uh, Davidson, but they really pretty much stay in Nashville for almost all of their pre-conference uh, the rest of this uh, calendar year before they go to Auburn. Uh, I think it is to open up the SEC conference schedule in January. So I think it's going to be an interesting time and probably an exciting time to go to Memorial Gym to check out this product and. And certainly, it would be a better way to spend uh, an afternoon or evening than last year going to watch Vanderbilt basketball. I just never understood. And again, I'm a couple of months into this job, so I was not here for a lot of that. But how does that team not win a game in the SEC at home? They have the best home court advantage in perhaps all of college basketball. Yeah, it's a weird place. You sit on the end of the court, not on the side. Other line. coaches hate going. You can't to that even place. find the clock in there if you're on the opposing team. You have know, the scoreboard to know that kind of stuff. You got to look around. Everything's like not where it's supposed to be. I, I have yet to meet another coach in the SEC at a variety of schools that didn't just despise playing in that place. Yeah, and it's because the sight lines are weird and the bench. There's just so many things that are different about it. It's a, it's a heck of an advantage, and the fact that. There is absolutely – I'm not saying anything that Vandy fans out there don't know. There's absolutely no excuse for not winning an SEC home game last year. No, and, and I think what happened, what I, my memory of it is um, fairly early in SEC play, they took Tennessee to the wire. Probably blew the game. They right were in then. the game. Yeah, they, they were up against Kentucky. Yeah, and there's a point where it, it was like they're, they're giving it their all and they're not getting the results, and then I think they just stopped believing that what they were being taught was going to work. And – that had been the way it had gone. So I think you're going to see a team with a different different makeup mentally. Um, we'll see what kind of makeup they've got physically, but it's it's the dawn of a new era. It's um it's it's a soft, I would say, pretty soft early schedule that should allow them to define roles and find who the who can contribute um, once they get into SEC play. And I'm kind of excited to see what a what a kind of a celebrity coach in a celebrity town can do. Yeah, although I will point out, recruiting was not Bryce Drew's problem. No, I agree. Just coaching them up. Yep. 
So anyway, that does it for this edition of Breaking Down the Doors. We hope you'll subscribe to Tennessean.com if you hadn't already. And remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever it is you get your podcast. You can drop us a review if you like what you've heard or a rating. And for Gentry Estes, I'm Tommy Dees, and we'll be back or probably joined by Adam Sparks next time to do this again.